Welcome to the Doug Peterson Show. Brought to you by Fresh from Florida. J.P. Shadrick and former Jaguar Jeff Logaman discuss the latest Jaguars news with the head coach. The Doug Peterson Show starts right now. The Doug Peterson Show presented by Fresh from Florida from the Hyundai Studios at the Miller Electric Center. J.P. Shadrick, Jeff Lagerman, and head coach Doug Peterson in studio with us. Week 16. Hey, it's playoff time now, right? Both of these teams, the Jaguars and the Buccaneers, tied for first in their respective divisions. And it's playoff football on Christmas week. It is. It's playoff uh, playoff atmosphere, playoff football. You know, backs against the wall. you got to come out and play your best football. And, you know, it's one of the things that we haven't done in the last, uh, say, three weeks. But, um, you know, we've, we've got some things to correct. Guys have been, guys have been focused and, and still doing the right things and, and looking forward to going over to Tampa and, and playing the game. With the, uh, with the sky falling, how do you maintain that positivity? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what it is, right? The sky is falling. I mean, the positivity is, is the fact that we're still in first place. We're still fourth in the AFC. Um, and, and everything is still right in front of us. You know, our goal when we started the season was to win the AFC South, and, and uh, th- that goal has never changed, and it hasn't changed. And so, you know, that's the positivity right there. Um, and, and then at the same time, just continue to coach our players hard, uh, continue to push them. And, um, you know, we, we are getting some guys healthy this time of year, which is good. Uh, so, you know, we need to be making our, our move at, the, at this time. Coach, how do you keep a, a team, a, a building from being tight in this type of moment when there is pressure and, and everything going on to, to perform and play at a high level on all levels of the organization? How do you keep a team from tightening up this way? I think and I truly believe it starts with me. Um, if they, if I'm tight, then they're going to be tight. If I'm loose, they're going to be loose. And, you know, I, I believe that they'll, they'll feed off of that and kind of feed off of that energy. But at the same time, they got to understand that, that, you know, there's accountability in this business and, uh, we got to make sure that we hold each other accountable, myself included. And, and, uh, but at the same time, let's go out, have fun at practice. Uh, when it's time to work, it's time to work. Uh, and let's go enjoy these moments. These are, you don't get many of these. And, and again, we're, uh, we're in the conversation at the end of the year, right, for postseason and all that, and and that's that's what you want, and so that that gives you a little juice and motivation here, you know, this last month. Here we are Thursday afternoon. The big topic is the unknown, which is your quarterback in the concussion protocol. And I know that uh, you're somewhat limited what you can say and can say. Um, what's that like dealing with the concussion protocol for a starting quarterback? Well, it, it's really not so much a star. It's just any player that goes into the protocol. You know, um, when you're talking health, right, there, there, there's stages and steps that the player has to go through. Trey Herndon just went through it a couple weeks ago and, and uh, came, out, came out good. But you got to follow a certain regiment and steps, and, and, and the, you just don't rush him back to the practice field. So, you know, C.J. Beathard is obviously getting the bulk of the reps. He's done a great job, you know, in, in Trevor's absence this week. And, and, uh, but yet Trevor's still a part of the meetings. He can do the meetings. He can, he can be around the guys and just whatever he can tolerate. And so, you know, he's trending uh, obviously in the right direction. Uh, but, again, you go in just like we did a few weeks ago, you know, with, with C.J. Getting, getting prepared and, and, and possibly playing in this game. Uh, hypothetical here, let's say C.J. has to play. What does C.J. do best? CJ does a nice job of organizing and, and let's call it managing the offense. He knows the system. He knows where to go with the football. He he does a good job of utilizing everybody uh, that, that at his disposal. Right? It's it's not uh, 
you know, focusing on Calvin, focusing on Evan, which we will use them. Don't get me wrong, and, and we got to use them. But but he does a nice job of getting uh, the ball into the hands of, of the open guy and um, manages the team that way. He's got an aggressive personality. Uh, he does have a big arm where he can he can push the ball down the field uh, if need be, and, and uh, he's a good leader. Guys really do gravitate to him. He's smart. He's calm in the pocket. He's calm in the huddle, calm around the football team, and, and that's what you want out of your backup. Head coach Doug Peterson with us. This is a Buccaneers defense that has a lot of veteran players on it. I mean, guys that have been around in that system for a long time. So what is it about that group? What stands out about the defense this year in Tampa? Well, I, th I think you look at them, you know, they do have – but they got a, a mixture of some youth in there too, right? They've drafted uh, some young players, uh, you know, particularly up front. Um, and, and they're all kind of, you know, in, intermixed and intertwined in there. And they're playing, they're playing pretty good, especially this time of year. Um, and, and, you know, Vita Vea is a big, here's another big physical guy in the middle. I mean, Luke Fortner's going to have his hands full all day and, and we do the best we can to help, help him, you know, with some double teams and combos and things of that nature. Um, you know, their secondary is a veteran group. They're getting some guys healthy as well and going to be back. And, and as you mentioned, they've been around Todd Bowles and his system now for a while, whether he's the, the head coach or the D coordinator. So they, they, know, they know this scheme really well. Um, you know, these two linebackers, it's really three guys that can, they can fly. They're big and long on the edge, um, you know. And, and so it's another, uh, it's another challenge, you know, offensively for our, for our guys up front, our backs, our tight ends to, to compete against this group. Thank goodness Vita Vea has to rotate. <laughs> you know, he doesn't play every down. But getting back to Todd Bowles, who you mentioned there, been there for quite some time as D.C. and now the head, head coach, he runs an aggressive defense, doesn't he? Loves to blitz, zone dogs, man coverage blitzes. That's the is that the challenging part of his defense? It is. You know, we haven't seen as many pressures lately uh, that we're going to see Sunday. Um, he's playing a lot more man coverage than he has in the past. But, again, he's got a group that can do it. And, and um, I remember when he was with – um, you know Bruce Arians in, in Arizona and, and it was a, almost a blitz fest every every snap and, and he's kind of brought that mindset and that mentality and he's staying aggressive that way and 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 he knows too that his offense is playing better and uh, opportun you know opportunistic defensively to create some takeaways give the ball back to their offense Baker's playing really well taking care of the football um, NFC player of the week you know last week for his performance and and, and rightfully so so you know, um, you, you are. You're seeing that aggressive mindset out of, out of Todd and his defense. Vita Vey is the one guy that, uh, that we mentioned standing out. He's 350 pounds, hard to miss. He Antoine, stands out. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but Antoine Winfield in the back end uh, might be one of the best safeties in the league. This is a guy that you guys probably, I'm sure, are going to say, hey, where's he at? Exactly. This guy, he's a ball hawk. He, he's punching the ball out. He's creating takeaways. He's a good blitzer, good tackler. I mean, he's all over the field. He's going to play a – the post safety, he'll be a box safety, he'll be a half field safety, um, you know, and they're not afraid to use him, you know, uh, in, in this defensive scheme. So, yeah, you, you got to know where 31 is. Um, and um, it, when, when you have the football and he's, he's coming to tackle you, you better, you better take care of the football. Head coach Doug Peterson with us. Baker Mayfield last week was the third quarterback to deliver a perfect passer rating in a game this season in the NFL. So, Where's Baker right now? When you have a guy like Evans on the outside and then Godwin underneath, that's a pretty good combination. Where are they offensively? Yeah, I mean, that's just it. You know, and, and Baker does a nice job of getting the ball to these guys. And, and uh, their offensive coordinator, Canales, he's, he's done a nice job of kind of orchestrating these guys getting open. And, and 
You know, some of it's the play action pass down the field. Uh, Evans is a big target, obviously, and can run. Uh, Godwin is the quick, uh, you know, underneath guy that put the ball in his hands. He can he can take it the distance. So, you know, it, it's and, and Baker's always had an aggressive mindset. You know, wherever he's been, and and you know, I've played and coached against him in the past. And uh, big arm, you know, powerful arm can push it down the field, uh, but at the same time. Um, you know, what can also, you know, make that one mistake. And, and hopefully our guys are prepared to, to, you know, maybe get an interception or at least a takeaway. Uh, the core of their offense seems to run through Rashad White. Uh, running back slash, you know, throwing the ball. He's, uh, he's a heck of a football player. The focus has got to be on him, I would imagine, if you're a part of that defense, your defense. A hundred percent, you know, and, and we've always prided ourselves each week, you know, in stopping the run. And, and toward to minimize it, you know, minimize or at least eliminate explosives. You know, we got to get better in a couple of those areas there. And, and um, you know, again, when he's rolling for a quarterback, when your, your run game and screen game and some of that stuff is going, it, it just helps you as a quarterback. And, and Baker obviously is, is using these guys, you know, to his advantage. Um, and he's another one you got to account for. Are you getting healthier on defense? You know, you've been a few games without a number of guys, Cisco, uh, Tyson Campbell, chance to get them back maybe this week? We are. Um, good time to start getting some guys back. You know, uh, Tyson and Cisco have practiced this week and, and, you know, have done a nice job. We're going to continue to push them, you know, these next few days leading up to this football game. And, and uh, you know, the biggest thing really I think, when, you know, Cisco's played recently, obviously. And Tyson's been the one that's missed some time. So just getting him back out there and kind of getting his sea legs back under him a little bit will take a little bit of time. But, but uh, it'll be good to get, you know, number 32 back on the field. All right, Coach, final thought here. I'm asking Travis Etienne Jr. in the locker room yesterday just about the big picture and, and playing better down the stretch. And he said, basically, we just don't need to talk about it anymore. we got to be about it as a team. The playoff football's here now. Big game on the road this week, home next week, and then finish in Tennessee. Uh, three games in a row haven't been able to finish the job in a game. And the guys in the locker room feel that, but – at some point, you got to go be about it. I thought that was a good comment. It's a great comment, and I'm, I'm glad the guys are seeing it that way, you know, and, and really feel it and understand it because that's that's where we, you know, <clears throat> that's where we need to be as a team. And, 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 again, it's not about putting pressure on yourselves or panicking or nothing like that. It's it's about going out and just doing your job and being about it, right, and, and uh, taking care of the football, um, you know, stopping the run on defense, you know, creating some takeaways on defense, you know, scoring touchdowns in the red zone, all those types of things. I mean, those are things that in our control, and we just got to get back to doing that. Playing clean football. Exactly. Clean, complimentary football. Coach, thanks for the time as always. Good luck to you. Thank you. Plenty more ahead. This is the Doug Peterson Show on the Jaguars Radio Network. Doug Peterson show continues right now. Welcome back. JP Shadrick, Jeff Lagerman in the Hyundai studios of the Miller electric center, the Doug Peterson show presented by fresh from Florida food tastes better when it's grown closer to home. Our thanks to head coach, Doug Peterson joining us in the opening segment each and every week and a big week this week, the Jaguars and the Buccaneers and interesting thoughts from the head coach on, uh, you know, trying to avoid tightness in a locker room, in a building this time of year when things aren't 
going so well three weeks in a row. The division race is as tight as it can be. And what was his answer? It said basically, you know, if I'm calm, they'll be calm. And that's that's how Doug kind of rolls. Well, and it, 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 he's dead on the money, you know, and, and the coach is the one that gives the marching orders, that gives the vibe to the team. And if you had asked, I think, uh, most fans or Doug said, hey, look, you know, how would you like to be uh, at the, uh, the latter part of this season, first place in your division with the division completely in your control with three games to go? Would you take that? Yeah, I think a lot of people would. I mean, mm -hmm. but you know, when you lose three games, there's a tendency to think that things are bad and they're not going to get better. But hopefully, this team and I believe that they can will get better this week with whatever quarterback that they can play with. And I think CJ is more than capable. And this Tampa Bay football team has been on a roll, but uh, but they haven't really beat a top team. I mean, if you look at who they've been beating, Atlanta, Carolina, and Green Bay on a three-game winning streak. Where's the superpower in that three? Yeah, I mean, Green Bay was playing better. Better? Know, they're not like top of the <laughs> NFC or anything. No. Right. Sure. no, you go back and you look at who they uh, – San Francisco, they lost. Indianapolis, okay, Gardner Minshew, they lost. Uh, they beat Tennessee, which no surprise with Tennessee. Lost to the Texans, lost to the Bills, lost to the Atlanta Falcons. Mm. They play them obviously twice in their division, and uh, you know so Detroit Lions. They lost to them. They beat the Saints. They lost to the Philadelphia Eagles. I mean, it's, they haven't beat some high quality teams. So I think the Jaguars are going to win this one. I'm not trying to lock it, double lock it, or okay, triple lock it. I'm not going to pull a J.P. Shatterick, but I Monday. believe that they will win this game. Yeah, I'm out of the lock business. As you should be. Yeah, I, I deserve to be. Yeah. I'm not uh, – either way. I'm That's not okay. locking nothing. That's, That's fine. Okay. I'm, I'm, I'm good with that. Yeah, it's fine. Um, be out of that business. I'm so far out of that business. By the way, did you go into my closet and steal my shirt this yeah, morning? Because I have two thing. of them. What I'm, is the deal? No, mine's smaller than yours. No, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> we are we are wearing the same shirt. I didn't realize that. How about that? I just figured that out. I mean, seriously, did you go take the other shirt that I had in my no, closet? No, I have no idea where you live. Oh. Like, why would I do that? Oh. I have no idea. But it's a great minds think alike. I guess, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's a good, it's a nice shirt. Thanks a lot. Look, yours yours looks is nice good too. On you. <laughs> <laughs> right. Hey, um, so obviously the quarterback's number one priority this week. Yeah. Concussion protocol and the head coach, you know, just can't really – you know, divulge a bunch of the detail about that. But tomorrow's a big day. I mean, if Trevor's out there in any capacity, that's a good sign, right? Well, I mean, yes, but it still makes me nervous. Look, I still I feel confident that this team can win regardless of who is playing quarterback because I think whether it's C.J. or Trevor that they will play well against Tampa. But it just makes me nervous that if – okay, let's say – Trevor is cleared and he's going to play. He won't have had a lot of practice this week. And then will we not, every time he gets hit, be worried about him? Well, yeah. And the long term? I, th of, I think I do that anyway, but yeah. Right, but I mean, I think you would right. be more worried about it this week, I think, than at any other time. Yep. So, um, so, yeah, it's, it's going to be a little nerve-wracking to find out exactly what's going to happen, but – uh, again, if C.J. plays, I've got confidence in him. If Trevor plays, I have confidence in him, but I'm going to be nervous. And 
I want him to protect the ball. Yeah. Look, this football team this past game did not do did not do some simple things that they need to do. Protect the ball, eliminate penalties. They didn't check the boxes in those two categories. Make some field goals. They missed in that category. And at the end of the half, the, the mismanagement of that situation was costly to where they got zero points with a first down situation at the five-yard line. you got to get points in that situation. You can't throw a completion inbound to get tackled when you don't have a timeout. And however you want to say it, they should have they have clocked it, should they have thrown to a different person, both, okay, if, however you look at it. But they've got to get points out of that. And, and I think that um, in this game against Tampa and with the way you're playing, points are at a premium. You've got to make sure that you're not hurting yourself in this ballgame against Tampa Bay. We're back in a moment. We'll figure out a plan to defend Baker Mayfield and Mike Evans. For this Tampa Bay offense. It's not an easy plan to put together. You've got just a few minutes to figure it out. Yeah. Whew. How about that? Yeah. Uh, a little later, about 15 minutes or so, we'll hear from Calvin Ridley in the locker room yesterday during his media availability time and see what he has to say going into week 16. Jags fans want customized Jags furniture for your home? Check out ZipChair.com and browse all customizable options. ZipChair, furniture for fans. This is the Doug Peterson Show on Jaguars Radio. Welcome back. The Doug Peterson Show continues right now. The Doug Peterson Show presented by Fresh from Florida. Food tastes better when it's grown closer to home. J.P. Shadrick, Jeff Lagerman, our thanks to head coach Doug Peterson in the opening segment each and every Thursday. And this week, it's week 16. The Jaguars and the Buccaneers coming up. Raymond James Stadium, Tampa. Battle of teams that are tied for first place in their respective divisions. The number four seed in each conference currently. The Jaguars and the Bucks should be a good one. And Baker Mayfield playing good football. The quarterback for the Buccaneers coming off a perfect passer rating last week. Former number one overall pick of the Cleveland Browns back in 2018. And it's amazing a first overall pick of the draft has already bounced around like he has. You know, Cleveland, Carolina, the Rams, and now Tampa. Yeah, It's just not very common that you see a first overall pick in that amount of time have that many stops. Yeah. Uh, this one, you know, maybe this one sticks a little bit. I don't know. It might. Look, he's having a good year. I mean, he's, he's having a very good year. He's – look, they may end up winning division title, which would be three years in a row. I mean, two years with Tom Brady, and then all of a sudden replacing Tom Brady is no easy task. You think? <laughs> That's like the last guy you would ever want to follow up, right? There's only been two places you can do that, though. I mean, that, you know, think about what happened in, in uh, New England. Uh, think about that situation. Um Good luck. Yeah, that's not that's not a great situation to follow him. No. And he's uh, arguably the greatest quarterback of all time. In my opinion, he is. I mean, some other people would argue that other quarterbacks were greater. Peyton Manning, you know, Joe Montana, whatever your opinion is. I mean, he's certainly amongst the greatest. And you don't ever want to follow greatness. You know, the only guy that ever really did it, if you think about it, was Steve Young. Yeah. And Steve yeah. Young followed greatness with his own greatness, yep. which is amazing. And Steve Young was so different than Joe Montana. Different Joe Montana, style, right. different style. Yeah, 
A very different style. Left-handed. That was part of the style. Well, but, but he ran the, around. The mobility yeah. Oh, yeah. of yeah, Steve yeah. Young was yeah. just impeccable. And But yeah. he kept that offense just rolling straight ahead. So, they, had, they had some really good players. I was going to say, it wasn't just him. They had a you lot go back. Of, they were stocks. Because their glory days was kind of the beginning of my career as a player in the National Football League. And they had, uh, let's not forget, on the opposite side of Jerry Rice, John Taylor. They had uh, Tom Rathman. Mm-hmm. Oh gosh, Roger the, Craig. Roger Craig, back. who was just, uh, he ran with such high knees mm-hmm. uh, and ran angry. Um, the tight end. Uh, gosh, they had the famous catch. Uh, yeah. Russ. Uh, gosh, I'm drawing a blank on his name. And then on defense, they had. Um, they had Haley for a while. They had Dolman, some of the guys left over from other teams, and then Stubblefield and Young on the inside. I mean, they just – Ronnie Lott. I mean, they had guys that were just fantastic. Fantastic. I mean, who was who the GM of that team? Who was the personnel guy? It's a great – I don't – yeah, I don't know. I was a little young. Because, you know, when you think about the 49ers, who, who gets all the credit? It's Bill Walsh. But who assembled yeah. that talent? For the 49ers in their heyday? It's a great question. Hmm. Because, they, I mean, right now I'm trying to think of it, and it's a perfect example of why the guy hasn't gotten enough credit because I can't put a name on it. Hmm. I mean, is it not one of the greatest collections of, of talent in the, in the history of the National Football League? You go back and you say that the Pittsburgh Steelers, with their, their ability to collect talent back in the 70s was just in, incredible. And nowadays, I mean, who assembles talent to that level now? It's hard. Yeah, so Bill Walsh was the actual GM in the late 70s into the early 80s, and then John McVay took over in 83. Which is Sean McVay's dad. Yeah, so there okay. you go. And he was there through 1990, apparently. All right. So there you have it. Interesting. Um, all right, we've got plenty to get to. Uh, we're back in a moment. Jaguars offense. Communication was the big word last week. I think it still applies this week. Well, it always applies every week, and I think that that word was used maybe a little bit too much on the offensive side of the ball. It definitely applies to some of the mistakes that the defense made, particularly against Cleveland at Cleveland, mm-hmm. because of those three explosive plays. Okay, there were definitely some communication issues. Yeah. On them, okay, with linebackers and then also the defensive back's communication on the one to Bell. All right, we're back in a moment. We'll figure out the offensive side after this. It's the Doug Peterson Show on the Jaguars Radio Network. Doug Peterson show presented by Fresh from Florida. Food tastes better when it's grown closer to home. J.P. Shadrick, Jeff Logman, glad you're with us on this Thursday ahead of the Jaguars and the Buccaneers week 16. Our thanks to head coach Doug Peterson in the opening segment each and every week. Uh, coming up next, we'll hear from Calvin Ridley in the locker room this week and hear a portion of his conversation with the media that he has every Wednesday. And, you know, we're talking about these receivers this week and two of the top three are injured right now. I mean, Christian Kirk's still on the list on the injured list. So a little bit longer for him. And then Zay Jones is 
not practiced this week, coming off a hamstring injury. So Calvin Ridley stepped right up. I mean, this is it's uh, he's kind of the um, the old man in the wide receiver room right now. Well, I consider Evan Ingram a, a wide receiver, you know, even though he's listed as a tight end. Yeah. If you look at how defenses play him and match up against him, they match up against him like he's a wide receiver. They don't put linebackers on him. They play him with defensive backs. Um, and could that role change a little bit this week? You know, all of a sudden now that you get Britton Strange back, maybe. Um, but I really believe that Evan Ingram needs to become like he was a couple weeks ago for two weeks in a row. He's got to become a big part of this offense, a really big part of this offense this week. I'm talking, you know, 12 targets, somewhere in the range of nine or 10 catches, and that's been about what his percentage has been recently. But I want to see more of an impact from a yardage standpoint with him. And, and I hope the coaches can get a little creative on how they get him the ball with more yards per catch. All right, that's that's all fine. But considering the quarterback situation right now. I don't care who the quarterback is. I still think you, you need to You can still target. get that even with Beathard out. Yes, there. I still think okay. you can get that with even with Beathard in there. And look, and the Bucks have been without Devin White, their other starting inside linebacker for the last three games, and there's a little bit of a – I think a little bit of a rub there between the head coach and him now you about, you know, is he hurt or is he not? Well, remember, the off season they wouldn't negotiate a new contract, so he got all hot about that. And then – He was a first-round pick in 19, and so this looking is the at year. contract yeah. year. Yeah, this is the contract year for him, so still no new contract in hand. And him and Todd Bowles have not been very happy hmm. – it's not exactly a kumbaya moment for them in this year's season. But I believe that Evan, if he if you put him in against those linebackers, if they try to put the linebackers on him, I think he can he can do some serious damage. Now, Antoine Winfield, one of the best safeties in the league, is back there too. Could they could they try to put Winfield against him? If so, that's a marquee matchup. Yeah. That's like literally I can't wait to see that matchup. That's one of those things where after the game you want to watch the film to watch a premium matchup because that's a premium matchup in the National Football League this week. I mean, and would that be not an advantage for the Jaguars overall the way Winfield plays everywhere on defense? If you want him one-on-one -on -one with a tight end down the field, it's probably just, hey, get him out of here. Get him out of the box altogether, right? Well, you could if he's going to you try know? to cover Evan. Because he's sacking guys. He's got quarterback hits. He's got forced fumbles. He's got passes. To, I mean, it's like, come on, yeah, just run him down the field. Maybe. Maybe. But I, that's the one part of that I want to see Evan do more of. We see Evan always on those little what I call stick routes, you know, where he's five, six yards down the field turning around, you know, catching the ball at seven. I mean, when's the last time we saw him – running down the seam and has yeah. like the one that Luke Farrell had. Yeah, right. Uh, Luke Farrell had that one catch for 28 yards. You know, I'd love to see Evan end up getting some of them. I mean, it would help the offense in a big way, especially with the absence of Zay. But here's the other guy that's got to step up. Who's that? Uh, Elijah Cooks. You know, okay, the rookie who has had a roster spot the entire year, undrafted guy from San Jose State. Okay, how many targets does he have? Elijah Cooks for the Jacksonville Jaguars in the hey. 2023 campaign. So far, Elijah Cooks has a total of one. One target. Yeah, it was last week. He dropped it. 
One target. Mm -hmm. I mean, you got a roster spot, okay, and this is week what? 16. Okay. What did Doug say about this point of the season? Are you a rookie or are you not a rookie anymore? You're not a rookie. Okay. It's Logic Christmas Cooks, week. Let's go. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, let's go. We got He's got – he was like the highest rated wide receiver coming out of the preseason according to PFF, which many people say, ah, PFF doesn't mean anything. It's preseason. You, which, love, you, know, you, you love those guys. Though. No, I, I, I think there's some substance <laughs> to what they have. Yeah. The preseason ratings, though, eh, maybe not so much. But I want to see him do something. If you got a roster spot, now here's an opportunity with the injuries that have happened. Now it's time for you to be big boy, okay, and and be a pro and make some plays when given the opportunity. And I hope he gets the opportunity. And one thing that he has that a lot of the other receivers don't is that size and that that catch radius. And he did a really good job in the preseason of catching the contested balls. So I hope he gets an opportunity this week. We'll come back in a moment and hear from Calvin Ridley, Jaguars wide receiver in the locker room yesterday ahead of this Jaguars-Buccaneers matchup. And this is the Doug Peterson Show on Jaguars Radio. show presented by fresh from florida continues food tastes better when it's grown closer to home jp shadrick jeff Lagerman back in just a few moments calvin ridley in the locker room this week and coming off back-to-back outings where he's had 25 combined targets the last two games nine catches for 100 and no 92 yards in that time frame last touchdown was at houston uh, back on uh, thanksgiving weekend and he has five touchdowns for the season, trying to get on track now with the final three games to go. And with the other two uh, primary options at wide receiver injured at the moment, Calvin Ridley trying to take a step up. He was in the locker room yesterday and always speaks with the media on Wednesday. This is from the media portion where the scrum is around him, getting some uh, thoughts from Calvin about going into week 16, and it is a tight division race all of a sudden. Yeah, it's pretty tight. Um, we didn't we didn't make it too easy for ourselves right now, but um, there shouldn't be no pressure. Just try to get back to what we were doing before we lost those three, and uh, get on the right foot and take it from there. Get into the to the race. This is not the first week where you've had backup quarterbacks out there taking the first team reps. So mm-hmm. how has it been this week for CJ? Uh, it's been good. I mean, obviously we've been in this situation before. CJ does a great job. Um, he knows all the plays just as good as Trevor. Um, you know, we, we take it one day at a time, and whenever you know we know what's going on, really, we're going to be ready. So we're just taking it one practice at a time. We had a good day today, and it was, we we're moving forward to tomorrow. Uh, you know, some more changes last week. Zay comes out with an injury, and here's Jamal back in the lineup. So, I mean, that what does that do to the wide receiver room when you got some, some moving parts this late? Yeah, you know, this far in, it's hard to keep your, you know, self up. But uh, we got a lot of young guys in our room who are hungry and they're ready to play. And um, they've been with us all year in camp. And we know they can play and we know they can step up. So, you know, like Coach Doug says, next man up mentality. Uh, if they can't go or whoever, um, I know our young guys will be ready and ready to make some plays. Stadium's one thing, but what about the, the defense on the field between the lines in Tampa? What do they have Yeah, pretty good defense. Um, uh, they won a Super Bowl with that defense, I think, right? Been a little bit. Yeah, been something like that. Yeah, um, good, good defense. I just, you know, good everything. I just want to.
keep it good. Does it, it doesn't seem to matter to you who's across on the other side, right? No, I just want to be respectful. You know, respect each team that we're going against. Really good team, for real. Good corners, good um, D-line, good linebackers, um, good safeties. Pretty much a good, just a good core. And um, But I, I got a lot of respect for us. And, you know, and I know what we should do and what we can do. So, like I said, good team, but we're, we, we need to, you know, we got to handle our business. <laughs> I want to respect them. You know what I'm saying? That's fair. And last one for me. I mean, there's been a lot of talk about the – the focus and the details, you know, pre-snap penalties, a lot of things going on. How has that felt so far? I mean, it's one day on the field, but how do you guys clean that up down the stretch? Um, communication. You just, you know, you start in the meetings by telling each other that we, we got to communicate better. We got to make sure before we leave the huddle that everyone's on the same page. So, you know, when we're in our walkthroughs and, you know, when we're going through our plays, we just you know, overly communicating with each other, just, you know, reminding each other that, you know, it's on this snap. You know, this is the play. You know, this is you know this is what's going on in the in the game. So, you know, there's a lot of moving parts, and you can you can easily forget. Like you know, it seems like it's easy to just run to the line and snap the ball, but we got a lot of thinking, a lot of looking around, and you can easily forget you know what the account is. So, you know, I mean, obviously we're professionals, and we and we got to be perfect, but you know we're working on it, and that's how you do it. That is Calvin Ridley, the Jaguars wide receiver in the locker room yesterday. 109 targets for the year. Same amount of targets as Evan Ingram, by the way. And Ingram with 88 catches. Calvin with 60 catches on the year. And uh, Ridley with just a few more yards than Evan Ingram. 781 for Ridley. 729 for the tight end Evan Ingram on the season. Uh, The last three times out, though, for Ridley. 33 targets, 13 catches, and 118 yards. And it could be his wide receiver room, at least uh, as a fifth-year player for the foreseeable future. And down the stretch in these big, important games, the Jags need Ridley to get back on track for sure. Fresh from Florida is proud to partner with the Jacksonville Jaguars. Eat like a Jag when you choose Fresh from Florida. Jeff Lagerman returns after this. It's the Doug Peterson Show on the Jaguars Radio Network. Doug Peterson Show continues right now. The Doug Peterson Show presented by Fresh from Florida. Food tastes better when it's grown closer to home. That's a fact. J.P. Shadrick, Jeff Lagerman, the Doug Peterson Show rolling along. That was Calvin Ridley just moments ago from the locker room yesterday, and uh, we all kind of by now know the story of uh, Ridley and his career up to now, and obviously a big year for Calvin. And, um, you know, Coming back off the suspension and missing nearly two full seasons, and now he's played in every game, and there have been some good moments. There have been some moments you'd like to see some better play and more consistency out of him as well. But, you know, if he has a chance now the last three weeks to to really step up and lead the way with this wide receiver room. Well, he's got a great opportunity yeah. because what is his contract situation? It's, I mean, it's a free agent. Right. Out. And so here you go. There's three games left, an opportunity to be the focal point of an offense if you can find a way to continue to build the chemistry with your quarterback, whoever that is. And so for me, he needs to take advantage of it. Now, there's a lot of speculation about Calvin Ridley in the future with his football team. And and 
I think all of that just needs to be put on hold. You <laughs> yeah. know, to, to all of that, I say live in the moment, okay? Because if, if all of a sudden you have great moments this week and then the next week and then the week after that and then in the playoffs, all of that will take care of itself, whether if you're looking at it from his perspective or you're looking at it from the team perspective. Uh, everybody le- needs to live in the now. And hopefully this now moment that they have is going to be really good for Calvin Ridley and Trevor or CJ, whoever it may be, because with Christian Kirk out, with now Zay Jones out, this is a tremendous opportunity for him to get more opportunities. We talked a lot about the passing game and obviously the quarterback situation, a little up in the air. Let's see what Trevor Lawrence does, if anything, on Friday, and that could be a step in the right direction. He has not practiced Wednesday or Thursday. C.J. Beathard so far has taken all those first-team reps. Um, So, you know, running the football has not been the easiest as of late either, and that could help an offense. When they've played their best offensive football, they've run the football and balanced things out, and they haven't really been able to lean on that lately. Well, and then the the other thing that the running game gives you that I think this offense is missing a little bit, it, it gives you the play action, which a lot of the explosive plays come off of play action. And uh, when you have a, a solid, dependable ground game, people load the box, they deplete the back end, and then it gives you an opportunity at hitting bigger plays, and then teams aren't keeping their safeties back. The Jaguars haven't really seen any any loaded boxes this year, unless it's been a four-minute situation where they've got a lead and they're trying to end up closing the game out by, by running it. But for the most part, throughout the ball games, teams are respecting the pass. They know that this is a very quarterback-centric offense. I mean, if you look at the uh, at the half, you know, looking at the numbers from this pass game, you know, Trevor's numbers at the half were actually pretty good. 16 of 23, even though he had uh, the fumble, which didn't help much. And then also the situation that happened right there before the half where they didn't get any points. But if you look at the run-pass ratio, Trevor, Trevor had 23 attempts in the first half, and ETN had seven carries. Hmm. I mean, that's a that's, that's a lot. A, above a three-to-one ratio. Yeah, that's that's a lot. You know, so you'd love to be able to have balance. And I think right now they kind of realize that look, we can't be a left. They can't be anything like the Ravens, where they're going to run the ball, run the ball, run the ball. But when you can run the ball. That gives you the opportunity at the explosive plays. And right now, play action is, I mean, you're running the ball, but you're not running the ball effectively to where you're getting defenses to go, gosh, we really got to worry about this, this rushing attack of the Jaguars. They're not, they're not overly concerning themselves with it. Part of that, um, I mean, remember Travis Etienne has been on the injury report the last few weeks with a chest issue. He's not on there anymore. No, and I thought, he, I thought in early in the game this past week, I thought that they ran a ball pretty effectively to start that game against the Ravens. I thought they came out with the right attitude. We're going to run it a little bit. We're going to be physical. You know, we're going to we're going to be able to play a little bit of our own physical aspect of running the game. And but it just didn't last. It didn't have any footing to stay throughout the ball game. And that's where this offense, I think, wants to be at some point. I don't know if they're going to be able to get there this year. That's that's tough to ask. They've had a lot of moving parts with the offensive line. They have had some performances up front that's not where it needs to be. Um, and then ETN, you're right. I thought he ran the ball harder. He finished the plays early in that game where the previous game, Cincinnati, Cleveland, uh, he wasn't finishing some of the plays. So that's encouraging. Dernis Johnson's been slowed a little bit too. 
I thought Bigsby was going to have a little bit bigger role this past game, but the numbers just weren't there from a carry standpoint. He only got to one carry for minus two yards. Could he have a little bit of an impact this week? Uh, you can get a backup running back a number of carries, but, you know, here's the thing. You've got to put some plays together as an offense for the second running back or the third running back to get carries. Stay on the field, sustain some drives. That's right. Yeah, no and three have and some success running the ball, moving the chains, and then stacking plays. Back in a moment, our final thoughts ahead of this Jaguars-Buccaneers matchup. And Luke Combs is bringing two nights of the growing up and getting old tour to Everbank Stadium, a third and fourth. With different special guests each night, tickets on sale now. Visit everbankstadium.com. This is the Doug Peterson Show on Jaguars Radio. Welcome back. The Doug Peterson Show continues right now. The Doug Peterson Show presented by Fresh from Florida. Food tastes better when it's grown closer to home. And grab your hats and get ready for a good time. Everbank Stadium welcomes country music legend George Strait with Chris Stapleton and Little Big Town May 11th, 2024. That's a busy couple weeks in May, by the way. Count me in on that one. Tickets on sale now, Logs. Lucky you. For more information, visit everbankstadium.com. Chris Stapleton does a fantastic job on the Monday Night Football Open now. Doesn't he? Yeah. And uh, uh, Snoop's on there, Snoop too. Snoop yeah. does a great job. It's, yeah. it's cool. Yeah. And then George Strait. I mean, come on. George Strait. It's like, how many how many number one hit country songs does uh, George Strait have? A lot. Big number. It's a, I want to say it's a record of some kind, but it's just a t- tremendous amount. How old is he, too, by the way? I bet you he's mid-60s. I'm going to guess. You think? Yeah, I'm going to guess. I think he might be a little what do you older think? than that. What do you think? I think he'd probably be... I'm going to say 66. I'm going to say late 60s. Okay. Um, Maybe 70. Let's see. He is 71. Yeah. Oh, wow. How about that? Yeah. Wow. But the number of hit songs that he's had. Uh, 44. That's crazy. No, no. 60 now. Yeah. It's crazy. 60 number one. Crazy. So that's in May. Uh, Coming up in like six, four to three days. What day is this? Thursday? The game's Sunday. Yes. The Jaguars. We're here Thursday, Yeah. Hey, Christmas is coming up too. Uh, the Jaguars get the Buccaneers on Christmas Eve down in Tampa, Raymond James Stadium. We all know the storylines by now. The quarterback Great field, is number, by the way. Really? Oh, the grass is fantastic in Tampa. Oh, yeah. And I had this uh, discussion with somebody the other day, and they were uh, we we're talking about the best fields in the National Football League, and I would put Jacksonville's in the top five. Tampa has historically been the last time we were there. I would say that that one's a top five as well. You know, and typically the warmer climates have the great ones. You know, the old Raymond James Stadium or whatever it was called. Yeah. What was it called? Oh, the, the old sombrero. The sombrero. Yeah. I forget the name of it. But, yeah, this is Raymond James that, now. That one had this huge crown. So, as a pass rusher, felt like I was rushing uphill because it literally had that much of a crown on the field. This one has a great drainage system, and it's not crowned like that. It, uh, it, it's an exceptional playing surface in How about, Tampa. Uh, the Chiefs, Arrowhead, George Toma is a longtime groundskeeper and always does the Super Bowls and stuff. Like, he's been there. Right, but the problem with Kansas City is that it's in Kansas City, okay? <laughs> grass doesn't grow great in Kansas City okay, in the yeah, fall. Yeah. Um, some grasses do grow better in colder weather, but it's always going to be better in your warmer climates for the most part. But it's a good surface. 
It's okay. a good surface. Okay, but you got to have a team playing well on whatever surface is out there. But it's uh, but Tampa is a, is a great playing surface. Okay, but the Jaguars, no matter the surface, need to play better football altogether. Yes. That that's a that's a big yes, JP. And, you know, stop and stop the self inflicted wounds. You know, start playing some clean football. You know, if you go back and you look at uh, the last three games and the losing streak, you can point to different moments to where the team has made mistakes which are completely in their control. And if they don't make those mistakes or if they make those plays, they win those three games. And that's, that's kind of the story of the league. You know, if you look at a Tom Coughlin coach team, Doug Peterson going back to the Super Bowl year, last year as they got on that run, they weren't beating themselves. And historically, those other teams, as Doug Peterson, they didn't, they didn't beat themselves. And if you take care of the football and you don't make mistakes, you give yourself a great chance of winning. And that's the margin for error in this league is so small. It's, it's much different than college football because a lot of people try to, try to think of it as college football or similar to college football. And you can't look at it that way. You know, they're like, how in the world can they lose to that team? Well, you know what? The guys on the other side of the ball, they get paid too. Okay, they get paid a lot of money. They do, and it'll be this Sunday. 4.05 kick. We're on the air on the network at 3 o'clock with Countdown to Kickoff. Jeff Lagerman, J.P. Shadrick, our thanks to Joe Fortunato, Brent Reber. Thanks to you for listening to the Doug Peterson Show on the Jaguars Radio Network.